Hey, what's going on, guys? Episode 25 of the Pokey Talk Podcast here. This episode is going to dive a little bit into the market talk again. Our last episode was more market-focused for 2023, and we're kind of continuing that to talk more about the sealed market, because there's been a lot of talk about that and super stonks on this modern product here lately, but... Yeah, once again, I'm here with Philip, and what is going on? What's up? It's a beautiful day out for once, so we are ready to go. Unfortunately, well, fortunately we're recording, but hopefully we'll be able to uh, get a little bit of uh, outside sunshine in. This is Missouri weather here. It's bipolar. Next few days are going to be probably like 23 and snowy or something. (laughs) It is supposed to be pretty cold and another chance of snow, but... Yeah. Which it is cold out there today. It's not as warm as yeah. it really looks, but yes, yesterday's wind was pretty cold, so. I wear shorts year-round, so, you know, besides that one day where it was negative 30, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got a, got a lot of news to talk about. Um, like I said, our main topic's mostly going to be about sealed, but um, a little bit of news that we'll cover after we kind of talk about what we've been doing lately. We got some scarlet and violet, some Japanese product schedules, a special set regarding the first 151 Gen 1 Pokemon. So lots to talk about. But uh, yeah, what have what have you been up to lately? Well, the last few weeks, I've basically been on a Avatar less Airbender surge. So it's not the first time I've watched that series. Um, the first time I absolutely loved it, like I actually just watched it a few years ago. It, when it first came on, I thought it was, it was a kid's show. So I never gave it time of day cause I was already a teenager, but somebody was finally able to, to get me to, to watch it. And I sat down with it and I loved it. Well, I'm rewatching it and I've bought the entire comic library, including the books. So the, the comic books and the novels, there's three novels and there's a bunch of, there's like nine full volumes of comic books. I've read almost all of them already. This morning I was reading the uh, Rise of Kyoshi novel. I mean, I'm just having a great time. This is a, a very underappreciated IP, honestly. And I cannot wait for the live action show Cross the Fingers on Netflix this summer. Hopefully it doesn't bomb. Yeah. <laughs> It it has some potential, that's for sure. I I watched, you know, back in the day, I pretty much watched it all and enjoyed it. Um, I didn't watch Legend of Korra, though, which I guess people say is arguably even better. Um, uh, it's got, it's some things it does better, some things it's not as good. It's There's definitely a lot of pros. There's a lot of good things it does. I haven't finished the whole series yet because I've been reading the books in between, but I'm like on season three and I think they, the, they did better character development for Korra than Aang, but the character development for all other characters and avatar, I felt like was better for the most part. So there's definitely pros and cons for each show. Yeah. Yep. That's a, I, I probably won't go back watch it that's one thing with me nah. and with me and shows like i might get caught up on stuff if i'm doing something but i can't just like sit down and and watch something like i don't know it's it's kind of a bad habit of mine to like not truly invest in something unless it's like super super good or like i really want to watch it like 
The Last of Us, for instance, mm-hmm. which is out now. Like that's the first show I've really been invested in. Um, I guess I was invested in House of Dragon because it was so good. But before that, I mean, it was like years. But uh, yeah, there's some good shows this year. I was like that with Lord of the Rings, but it well, got, got kind of dry. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was basically a fan fiction. Let's be real. Like, I it was entertaining, but you but you had to take it with a grain of salt. Like, I know some people were upset. Like for me, I care about uh, maintaining the core themes, like the the heart of this story. That's what I care about. I'm okay with like an adaptation. Like for example, like with comics, they turn a few different types of comics like the dark knight was like you know year one kind of and it was kind of like you know the the killing joke and all these other comics that kind of thrown into one movie but it kept the heart of of uh the the franchise and that's what i cared about so i can it doesn't have to be a perfect like one for one shot for shot like some fans have to have because with a lot of fans the most toxic fans in every single ip if it's not to their exact iota, how they imagined it, they hate it. Yeah. I don't yeah, care about that, that. I care about having a problem. A and yeah, I'm more open to some changes as long as it's good in its own way. Mm-hmm. But that is why The Last of Us is like getting such rave reviews is because it is so true to the game. Like they literally <laughs> copy scenes like frame by frame in some sense. Like... Did you watch the second episode, right? I have not watched that episode yet. I watched the first one, and I loved it. Um, but I, I kind of want them to build up a little bit. I probably need to catch up before I ca- get caught with spoilers. Yeah, they they definitely build up. Like The show is rolling already now, for sure. So I, I think it didn't take long to build up. Well, I, I think that it's kind of dependent on which IP, which story you're doing. Like, for example, if you do Mario trying to do a live act, like the OG live action, like what they ch- attempted was just atrocious. But it just depends on certain things. Like, for example, if you try to do a live action Dragon Ball Z, you can't have a, a real life Goku with a two foot hair. <laughs> so, like, there's certain things like you do have to adapt to reality to try to make it more realistic, even though obviously it's clearly based in fantasy, right? But you do have to do this certain aspect of realism to make it to where it's not ridiculous. Because so it might work in anime, can't work necessarily in live action. And I think you just kind of have to understand where to draw the line and be consistent. Because that's one reason why the Cowboy Bebop show was terrible. They tried to do all this, like we're going to be like the animated. They did certain things where they tried to go on a tangent. They just didn't know where they were going with the show, more or less. Yeah. That's what Game of Thrones did well. Like it was more medieval theme so like Mm -hmm. it was realistic but the things it did have like dragons and like white walker winter zombies essentially like they were believable um because they weren't too insane but yeah and the last of us does that too because it's kind of like set in the real world there's not much like tinkering they have to do except like basically fungal zombies but uh yeah they did it they did it really really well and yeah the the show is on all four legs like trotting like a cheetah just going to town they really throw it throw it at you in episode two and kind of already laid the ground like anything's possible and here we go (laughs) so 
It's really good. You should check it out. But uh, yeah, for sure. For my doings, <laughs> so for my in-person life, rather, I've been getting into D and D again and playing a lot of that and DMing a game and all that stuff. So that kind of takes up my side time, but. More so than that, I've been on the Lorcana train, and yeah, yeah I've, I've always been on the Lorcana train. You know, we're pretty pro Lorcana. We've had a couple episodes on it. I think we need to have like a true dedicated episode on it again, closer to release. I think either that or it's got to be like after they at least um, re- release the gameplay. I, I don't. I think until then, because now we know the date, August 18th for America. Like, we, we, we know the date is coming out, which has caused kind of a, a, this this movement, finally, within the market. Uh, obviously, that's why you're doing what you did. Uh, and But I think we can't do much until then at, at the earliest, but yeah. Yeah. But essentially, I, I must have had, like, some instincts beyond belief, like, because it, it was insane. So... Due to our Market Talk episode, I had been planning this, you know, our last episode for a little while. Um, I essentially, I guess first off, if you don't know, me and Philip both bought Lorcana sets and graded them all. And Woo! we did pretty well with it. Philip actually got all tens. And I had, a, I had two nines in there, but my collecting style which is how it's always been was, you know, buy nines or if I grade cards, sell the tens and then buy the nines and use that money to put back in the hobby. So with our last submission coming back and these Orkana cards, I kind of had a group of cards in tens that I was just holding because, you know, the market was low and I didn't really have anything that I wanted to buy immediately. But after seeing some market shifts since December and doing that episode, at the beginning of the year, I just made the decision, like, you know what? I'm going to do this eventually, so I'm going to sell my 10s and buy a Mario Pikachu. And then I also have some, like, extra money left over because of all that, too. So really sold some things, became quite cash-heavy. Um, yeah, if I would have done this last year, I'm already past the halfway mark to a 1099 form if uh, you guys know the amount there but yeah yeah it was it was a uh, quite the experience like I'll tell you dealing with these Orkana cards last week that was like the most hustle like I've had in the hobby as far as like hustle and time crunch that I've felt in a long time because while I had my PSA 10 Mickey and my, um, yeah, I think that's all I had listed at the time was my PSA 10 Mickey. I was originally just going to sell that and then a couple other Pokemon cards to get the Mario. But while that was up, like three days before it ended, Lorcana released basically their entire product line that they're going to have at release in August. And they showed off all the products, and there was this new wave of Lorcana hype. People were sharing it. A lot of people on Instagram, like big people like Leonhart, and yep. like a bunch of a bunch of people. If they didn't know about these promos, they definitely 
know about it now. Like it was probably a 50%, you know, 50% of the existing fan base got added on at least. And the Lurkana discords have been going crazy. And essentially what I'm trying to say is like, I was seeing firsthand on eBay dealing with these Lurkana promos, like the shift. And it was like almost instantly. So I bought a PSA nine Mickey before mine even sold. And before that news, I think I got it for like 650 bucks. And after that news before my 10 even sold. So we're talking like three days later, you know, they're selling for 900 plus. And, uh, so I, I couldn't have timed that more perfectly. Like I had no idea that was happening. I just got extremely lucky. So kind of made a good move there, but the bigger thing I noticed about the market that I really want to hit on for anybody looking at Lorcana is like these buyers and sellers in Lorcana are, I don't want to say, yeah. I don't want to say stubborn, like they're stubborn in a way that is good. Like nobody wants to just straight up sell these cards and with only 900 copies being produced of each one, like we've talked about the potential of Lorcana before, but just seeing the shift and the interest and how much work I had to do just to negotiate to even get the nines was ridiculous. Like every single card I sold, which I sold what I sold five of the seven cards in a 10 to get the nine four of those deals. I sold my 10 to a person who like sold me their nine right back. Like it was essentially a trade or we agreed at a certain price to offer each other. So that goes to show like all those people had their card marked up like at least 20% to where if it sold, they could buy another one, but they did that because they didn't want to be caught without a copy. So that tells you something there. So every single person I sold to, they didn't want to get rid of their nine until they had 10 in hand. And I was the same way for the nines. Like I wanted to make sure there was a nine available before I sold my 10. So just, I can't put into words like the negotiation I had to do, like going back and forth between people and finding people who were wanting the 10. Like that actually wasn't very hard because everybody selling the nine was wanting the 10. Like nobody was just selling just because. So yeah, it was, it was quite the frenzy and the captain hook was the only card that I couldn't find someone with a nine in because it was the lowest pop out of all the other nines and tens. Cause it's like not as desirable, but right before we started, I found one and I bought it literally like one minute before we started. <laughs> so yeah, just, uh, yeah. just want to get it done and over with and just wait for release. Not have to think about it anymore. I was going to say, if you look at the prices, they're still pretty even, especially the nines. I know the tens have gone an uptick. I think they were, they did bottom out around 1500. Now, for example, the Corella is pushing 2000, but the nines are still relatively affordable for under a thousand. Like for, for the, for these auctions, like the stitch, which is probably the second most popular card in the, in the set. Well, 
if you include Mickey, it'd probably be the third most popular. But if you look at it, it's I mean the most recent one was like seven seventy five with an auction. Then there was another one for seven forty with with an auction. I mean, and these are just these are in the last couple of days. These were after the announcement, so it's there's clearly still opportunity to be had here. It's not too late. There was definitely an uptick. There was definitely a surge of renewed interest. Well, but there's still plenty of time. I, I think folks have really do until they announce gameplay. And that that's when, so basically by March, if you were going to get in, you need to make a decision within the next eight weeks. Because there is more movement, but it's still, and it, the prices have come up a little bit from their lows in December, but they're still not exorbitant and they're not, they, they're, not quite nor close to the highs because the nines were going for like 1500 on a lot of these cards during their highs or near it now the nines are going for half that or like you know 800 yeah yeah and it's uh pretty much like like we're gonna say maybe later but that market shift that i felt in december that i just quickly mentioned it's happened with lorcana too like a lot of the pokemon lows now, we're not talking modern or anything like stuff that I'm interested in, which is just, you know, cards that have been long out of print, some promos. A lot of those lows were December, and every sale that I saw in early January wasn't up by much, but you could definitely tell it was a slow trickle down. And then in December, that's where the low sales were. And almost like 100% of things that I've been researching are up slightly for January. And that's how the Lorcana cards were. They were down to like 500, 600 for the nines on some of the mm. less desirable ones. And yeah, now they're pretty much all pushing 700 to 900. Um, of course, the stitch is a little more. But, uh, yeah, keep in mind that I worked these deals out and traded these people the tens in exchange, but I was able to get the Robin Hood for 670 and a nine, which that guy, like, that's the dude that texted me. Like, we did that deal. He's, he's pretty solid. And I tell you what, he's all in. He's, through me, he's offering Philip, like, full price for his tens just because he wants more but uh yeah people somebody trying to take my lorcana <laughs> no but no i mean it's it's a fair price but it's we're six months away approximately you know from, from well i guess it's like five and a half whatever or six and a half from, from, from release day that will be here in a blink of an eye i cannot sell knowing that i could i shouldn't say easily but very likely have twice the uh i could sell it at twice what he's offering me which is a fair market price he's offering me it's just six months twice as much money you know fifteen hundred two thousand dollars even with fees and taxes i just can't do it like i would kick myself i would hate myself I, i i i just can't do that yeah and i'm doing the same like yeah i could like First off, the reason I'm doing this is because I believe in the Mario Pikachu as well. Like, I think that's going to be a more steady growth where Lorcana could potentially reach like a craze bubble type situation on release. Mm -hmm. So I get that I might be missing out on that money, but I just kind of wanted to get it over with. And I'm more about just having the cards 
But I do want to say like another part of my plan is, you know, I have about enough like loose change from this deal and selling all these tens to potentially buy an extra copy of any Lorcana card. So what I'm thinking about doing is, you know, just waiting till one of the Collecticons we go to, it's in the middle of the summer and just having a stack to negotiate there. And depending on how much I sell there, like I'll make a decision. Like if Lorcana is still kind of creeping down low and hasn't really went crazy yet, I'll probably for sure buy another car because at that point it's going to be like two months away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, you know, I have the cards. These nines are for my personal collection. I've detached myself from the money aspect and just going to enjoy them for a while. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. I say they're great looking cards, but honestly only a handful of them are really ones I'd have to have. One of them being the Elsa and then the Robin Hood and Stitch are probably the other ones. And, you know, I know we're kind of going to discuss this too much more. I know we spent a lot of time, so I don't want to spend a whole too much time on this. But um, ultimately, I'm debating on my next move myself. And because it's getting closer and closer to me being able to pull the trigger on a card. And the, the goalposts are moving further and further. This is very... Re- reminiscent of me trying to get a second set back in September, October. And before I could move the sealed product I had at the time, they jumped from 2000 to 3000 and out of my reach. Yeah. So this is kind of reminiscent, but it's not as fast moving. Not to mention they went up to like 10,000 there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Somebody overpaid there, whoever that was. Um, That's their heart. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, they, but, they're close to breaking even if all graded a 10. It was that's pr- what's, it was that's pr- what's in, insane. Like, the bubble at its peak, these sets were, you know, it was only like 10,000 for like a day. That's where the line was drawn. But it well, stayed at 8,000 for a little bit. And what's crazy is, like, people could have still made money at that 8,000 price point right now if they all got 10s granted. But it's crazy just the hype already. And just thinking there's only 900 of these out there. Another aspect, like like we said, we're going to have an episode on this, but another aspect is, like, how are these cards going to look in the actual set? You know? like Rumors of no first edition, that's going to pretty much make these cards go even further, if that's the case. Yeah, there won't be the first edition or the D23 Expo, but, like, are they going to have the same hollow pattern? Probably not because they mentioned at the D23 Expo thing that this is a special collector set hollow and on the PSA label it says collector set. So it is definitely a thing meant for collecting, like aside from the main set. But yeah, it's yeah. uh it's it's gonna be cool to see. So Well, I'll just say one more thing. Um one more thing. One more thing. Uh so I don't know if, if it's going to move fast enough for me to pull the trigger. I could get a PSA 10 Elsa if it stays at its current price range of like 3500 next month. Um, but if it goes to 4000 it's getting further and further from potentially what I can pull, especially with having to pay sales tax. With sales tax and everything else, you know, I, I don't know if I'll be able to pull the trigger. 
if it, if it, if it creeps further. Um, but ultimately, I got several ancillary and hack-up strategies that I have in place that I'll do. The most notable and most desperate one of those would be me during hype selling all Lorcana cards besides the PSA 10 Elsa, um, especially if I feel like the future for Lorcana is so great like we think it is that it's here to stay. I cannot sell that card if I do not have a, a backup. And I'm worried we might see with how few PSA 9s there are. It's very reminiscent of the 20th anniversary Festa where they barely come up. So I'd be too concerned that I might, the opportunity for me to even get a nine would be a $5,000 card essentially. And essentially I'd be, I feel like I'd be forced to hold it if it doesn't hit the price range that I think, and I'll just sell everything else besides that one card. Yeah. Like definitely make sure you have a nine lined up or go ahead and buy it and then put your card up for sale. Cause yeah, that's what I ran into with the hook. Like, it's like a pop 50 something, I think, in a nine, the lowest of all the other cards, like I said, of nines and tens. But all the other cards, I mean, there's there's not much out there either. They might be pop 70, but there's at most like, especially with the nines, only one or two copies because they, they do grade mostly tens. They are an easy 10 from like grading right away, but... We've already seen the first wave conclude of grading, so how many more are going to be graded, even if it's, like, 2x? Like, these cards are going to be pretty hard to find with any hype whatsoever. So, Yeah, I think that um, who knows how many re rejects people are holding on to, or they have yet to get graded. And I wonder how many more we'll actually see. I think as far as 10s at most, we'll see 2x more, in my opinion, from what we see. So no more than 300 or so. And, you know, that right there is very reminiscent. I know it's like 125 or so PSA 10 first edition Charizards. But if you if you include the potential reach that that Disney has, it could be very similar in terms of price in 20 years if it does reach that height. So there is a lot of... A lot, like there's just so much stuff going for it that who who knows? It's going to yeah. be very difficult to find a value and to know when to sell. And it's just there's just so many question marks in the in the next few months and the next few years. And a lot of pe people that are in in this right now all kind of are operating under that same mentality, which can be either good or bad. But for where we're at fiscally, financially, like where we are at with our our cost basis we have very little risk <laughs> yeah we uh like i just remember that whole weekend of d23 us going back and forth and are, no! these, are these hype are these hyped and i remember yeah. those first mickeys going for what was it did it one at four thousand didn't it or five thousand like a raw 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 one there was a couple like super high sales and then they like went down and we're like, okay, hello, can it go? Hello, can it go? And like the sets got down to even like 17, 1800. And, and that's I think, where I bought in. Yeah. I pulled the trigger at 18 something. So yeah, we definitely timed it good and we were on it. Our instincts were pretty good with that. And mm -hmm. here we are just one ten brings that much so well but Close we'll be able it. to do more 
we'll be able to talk about more in a few weeks with our maybe we might make it a special episode or something but yeah we swear this is a pokemon podcast yeah seriously <laughs> i know we talked the last 20 minutes about this but yeah <laughs> yep we we actually thought about one point making a Lorcana pod- podcast like when all this was out and probably could but if you guys do not care about Lorcana, let us know. Maybe we'll just do a bonus episode. But I mean, I feel like people are like dying for more Lorcana content in general because there just isn't much known yet, and people are so into it, even though we know so little. So, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the news. Uh, did you pretty much have the same news topics that I did, or? Do you have something I, else? I have the, uh, I guess, Scarlet and Violet. We can start there. We know that's something yeah, that we both have. That was one that so. we had. Um, you know, they, they're starting off hot already um, with their illustration rares. And obviously that's great for collectors because there's some great art. And you're getting all sorts of Pokemon <laughs> are starting to get uh, their attention, like a Starly and stuff like that. So the art's great, and even like the EX cards are this is this like homage to the second generation of EX. So it's like having this sort of combination of multiple eras, and then you obviously even you get the EX like the tear translation process that it's very reminiscent of uh, Hidden Fates. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's starting off strong already. I mean, there's some just so much great art. Like, it's like this great Tusk, for example. Oof. That one's good. The Is that the one with like there. the space background there? It's like a warm sky. It's like, he's like in a desert or something. Nice. And it's got like, it's got like a sandstorm in the back or something like that. Cool. Uh, something we need to mention at the end of the podcast, I actually just got an email with our grading submission and our grades. So if you guys want to hear about that, maybe tune into the end of our promo or episode. I said end of our promo because I saw like in that submission, I had a promo that I sent and there is some happy news with that promo. Yeah, I'm gonna be selling pretty much the whole order. Honestly, it was basic. It was a lot of hidden fates, another modern card that I didn't really care for at the moment. So, first glance looks like we're gonna be pretty happy. Well, so. I thought I hope so, because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we looked over it pretty well. So I was like, I'm pretty sure what most of what I was sending was the the, the, the tens. Oh, it's the iron treads is the one you were talking about, the one with the space background. Yeah, yeah. That one's pretty cool, too, though. Yeah. I'll just say, out of that order, there's two eights. The rest are nines and tens. Mostly tens. I would hope so, because I was breaking even on a few of those in nines. <laughs> yeah. You'll be... Could have been better, but you'll be happy. But we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the episode for a little bonus action, if you guys want to hang around. But, uh, yeah, so... I have mixed feelings, so this is what I think I discussed in the last one or two episodes. Like, I 
like the idea of Crown Zenith and, you know, all the art rares and stuff like that. So they're called art rares in Japan and special art rares for like the alt arts equivalent that are like more special. And I guess in English, they're going to call these illustration rares and special illustration rares. So I might use that term interchangeably. I like the, the AR and the SAR. I don't really want to call cards like sirs. Is that a sir or an er? You know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool looking set. Like I said, I was worried about the hype continuing if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to overdo it. Usually when they make a new gen, there's like the set at the end of the generation has like tons of full arts, tons of, you know, flashy stuff. And then when they go into a new gen, it's kind of calmed down and like the hollow rares are a thing again. And there's only like a couple chase cards rather than like five or six. But, uh, yeah, they're just, they're just going with it. It looks a pretty strong set for sure. Lots of art rares. The art rares take place of the reverse hollow still, I think. So you'll be feeling like you get more. Granted, a lot of these are going to be just a couple bucks a piece because that, that's the new norm. So that's the worry I have is like special art rares are going to be there. Like value-wise, you at least get the pack's money worth. Um, most likely 10 plus dollars. But... Uh, yeah, these, these just normal art rares, I mean, they're cool. They're just kind of make it more exciting. So I think they're yeah, doing the away. I think they're doing away with non-hollows and packs, right? So every pack, the minimum is a hollow. And then, yeah, you'll be getting a lot of art rares and sometimes some special art rares, but yeah, they really got some, like, super basic ones, like Tarantula or whatever the spider name is. It's literally just a tree with him hanging from it and, like, Scythers peeking from the top. Super basic artwork, which I like. You have that, and then you have, like, yeah, Scovillian. You have, like, a couple Pokemon that the artwork is just insane on, Drowsy. There's, like, a whole... Komiya artwork town scene with a Ferris wheel in the background and Drowsy's chilling under a light bulb. Like, there's, there's uh, a wide the range. Gambit. Wide, the King wide Gambit's range. pretty cool. Yeah, I like the King Gambit one. That one's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, definitely going to be pretty crazy for the uh, artwork. I feel like they're kind of embarrassed of how the Terrestalize looks because a lot of the cards they showed off, like the Arcanine and the Gyarados, they, they almost kind of hide the crystal. Like it's kind of off of the card. <laughs> so I kind of think that's funny. It kind of makes me think like even they are kind of embarrassed about the uh, the look of it. But Yeah, we still don't know the uh, pull rates for these special illustration rares. And... I'm interested to see what they'll be uh, because they weren't terrible with Crown Zenith or uh, V-Star Universe and even Crown Zenith. Um, so I'm wondering if they're going to be, 
I'm wondering what's going to be this chase car that a lot of people are expecting, right? Because it seems like we don't have this mega chase card so far in these sets that it's like three, four hundred dollars out the gate. Um, I could see that if that is going to be anyone, I would almost guess it might be this Miriam special illustration rare. That's the yeah. one that I would think might be the one um, because n none of these have the Pokemon for the special illustration rare to merit a crazy price like the Giratina did and the uh, Umbreon as well. So that one with the Waifu crowd, I could see that one actually. And it's a very unique promo. It really is. Or not promo, but card. Artwork is actually fantastic. I actually love the unique style of the artwork. And I'm wondering if that's going to be the one right there. Yeah, and but, I tell you what, I don't know... It's not a thing that's required in the game, but you can actually go back to the school at any time and like talk to the teachers and they have you do certain things and you have to like find them in the school, talk to them multiple times. It's kind of annoying, but you can raise like your reputation with them and you just get to learn about the characters a little more, which is kind of cool. It doesn't really give you anything like when you max out their rep or like talk to them six times in the school, like wherever they are, they, they move locations. Um, they give you a reward and like hers is like rare candies or something. I can't really remember. Cause she's like the school nurse. And I tell you what, her dialogue in that game, she wants the D or something. I tell you <laughs> right now, she straight up is hitting on you. Like the whole time, like, oh, didn't expect to see you there. He, <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> you get you get some weird vibes talking to her. I don't know if it's different if you're playing as a female, but she's definitely trying to get at you. That's funny. So yeah, she uh, she's definitely gonna be a, a hot card, if you will. Yeah, I mean that. I mean we might not see it out the gate, and I mean I feel like it's only a matter of time before they start touching on other cards, like big Pokemon, like Greninja. That's the first one that comes to mind. Um, obviously, they've already done the evolutions when it comes to alt art, so they could do something with these sort of rares. Uh, but the first one that comes to mind that they haven't hit that yet is Greninja. I could see that potentially being in Lucario as well. Both those have not had a alt art yet, and I would be interested to see if they do one of those, if that would be the mega chase card of this era potentially but ultimately you know how they kind of you said before how they usually start slow but they haven't yet i'm almost wondering if they're going to somehow how they're going to build on this in future sets or if they're just kind of streamlining it and like we're just going to go hard every single set yeah yeah that i mean that appears to be what they're doing but like yeah where how do you maintain it or where do you go from here but yeah, another thing about the Lorcana cards, I just got my Stitch 9 in the mail, so I actually walked away from the computer for a second, you guys might not notice, but got that in the mail, checking that out, looking pretty nice. Nice. But uh, nice. yeah, for our next news topic, let's see, what do we have? There is going to be a special set coming out in the summer for the Kanto region. It's gonna be It's going to be pretty, like evolution vibes i think it's gonna be like a classic little subset 
I bet it's going to be a mix between like Pokemon Go and Evolutions. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some reprints in there, but uh, mostly only focusing on the Pokemon 151. That's like the code name for the set in Japan already. And uh, yeah, it should be coming out this summer sometime. Let's see. I think it was July. According to distributor listings, actually June 16th, we'll see the release of a new Japanese set called Pokemon Card 151. This will be another strengthening expansion pack set, which means it'll be a subset like Battle Region, Dark Phantasma, and Pokemon Go. So I wouldn't get too crazy hyped for this. They are definitely going to print this equally or more than normal sets. You know, I just went to Target yesterday. They must have caught them on a stock, but of course they had a full section of Crown Zenith. And right next to that was an equally large, just as many product lineup of Pokemon Go. So they are still, it's kind of like Celebrations was the thing. Uh And when that finally ran out, Pokemon Go is now the thing that is just always available for multiple sets down the road. And so I could see them. I was just going to say, I could see them doing a Alkazam special art rare or the whole Alkazam family line like they did with the Gardevoir line. Yeah. Um, first time being able to print Kadabra in 20 years, I can guarantee you there's going to be several, several cards for, for this family, especially Kadabra. I could see Kadabra having his own special rare. I could see there being an Alkazam whole line like you saw with uh, King Gambit. Like where it has the whole line in, in one in one card, I could see that being the case. Um, so I I think they're going to have a focus on Kanto with these special illustration rares, these special rares. You know, some people are kind of tired of base set or like you know, kind of call back to base set. I could see them have another Mew special rare, Mew Mewtwo, because that always gets everybody going. Let's be real. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff that they can do with this that it's going to hit at the nostalgia rings and it's going to sell well, but it's also going to be, like you said, printed to an oblivion. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to mention that point, too. Like, you know, we've mentioned before, once again, another Kanto-based product, but that's what sells, and there's going to be some EX decks with it, and uh, it's still a rumor, but, like, pretty much confirmed like that Kadabra will be in it. Um, Pokey Beach actually made a separate news article just for that because, uh, yeah, Uri Geller, the guy who gave Pokemon a bunch of trouble for Kadabra, like kind of went after him. I've, I've seen the news story many times, but I can't even recall the details. Essentially, like Pokemon could make a Kadabra card and they could have all these years, but... They just decided not to because they're kind of a don't want to mess with a conflict type company. You know, instead of working around something like you can't tell us what to do, they'll be like, fine, you won't hear from us ever again. Um, So, yeah, apparently there is. um, What was it? Apparently Geller was asked in private if he had any news about Kadabra. And he essentially linked this Pokemon Card 151 article without any further comment. But he did send a voice message, I guess, to Poke Beach, saying, uh, yeah, once again, that he was sorry and all this. 
And uh, yeah, he is thinking that it's going to return in this 151 set. I highly doubt Pokemon is communicating with him. I doubt they would even tell him. They would just do it. Um, I don't know. They, they still might not do it at all because they just don't want something to come back and bite them. So yeah. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's uh, going to be pretty cool to see Kadabra again. A lot of people are going to be hyped about it and collecting them <laughs> for whatever reason. But it's just going to be another card eventually. So, But yeah, the only other thing I had to mention in news, maybe you had something else after this, but... Uh, they kind of released the product schedule for Japan. Um, there's going to be a triple beat set, which is like a subset of Scarlet and Violet. So it's going to be kind of like Pokemon Go, where it's not like a full set, but just a small product. I bet we get this too, like as a subset after Scarlet and Violet release. A lot of people think it's going to be around the ancient treasures of Ruin legendaries in the game that are locked away in the like the vaults you have to unlock and get the totems for in the games. Um, but apparently, for the set after that, there's going to be a Snow Hazard and Clay Burst set. So those are going to be the two partner sets in Japan that will likely get combined for the English like they usually do. Um, Iono... The streamer girl gym leader is going to be kind of the face of the clay burst. And apparently she's going to get a special gym set box on April 14th. And it kind of reminds me of the Eevee Hero special box because it's going to have two booster boxes in it. One of snow hazard, one of clay burst, and also sleeves, deck box, and a storage box. So kind of... Calm your gizzards, because there is not a unique promo in this. It is just a box with that stuff I mentioned. So maybe they're doing away with the unique product promos. Mm. It'll be hard to say, they, but... Honestly, haven't they kind of released boxes like this before with, like... I don't want to say necessarily special crazy promos, but, like, not a crazy art rare promo sort of thing. I think it was like a Slowpoke one or something. I forget for which set that was pretty tame. That's kind of reminiscent of this. Um, I don't really remember the wa- Slowpoke one. I forget what it went to. I would have to Google it, but uh, it wasn't anything special. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of why we're seeing this. It's like the first special product in the EX era. And I wonder if that's why they're not going hard with the special promo. There was the Kamigawa, like those cards were released in something like this. And so they're kind of affordable compared to other products. You know, other products like this, if you guys don't know, like we're talking Mario Pikachu, Poncho Pikachus, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, there was another Gym Leader box that released that was just like this. I don't think it had a promo or anything. But yeah, we'll see. And part of the reason, like, why Eevee Heroes was so great is, like, yeah, it had a unique Espeon promo. And, yeah, Eevee Heroes is, like, the most popular set ever. But the artwork on that box and the card sleeves were just amazing, like, with the evolutions and stuff. 
Like that's the best looking box by far, best looking sleeves by far. You're talking evolutions, that should tell you enough. I mean, we're seeing it play out in person today with the uh, prices of those sets. But uh, yeah, pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Can't find it. I forget what it was. I guess my, my, four was a slowpoke, but uh, it was like the box before the Eevee Heroes box. There was like a maybe that's the gym set I was thinking of. Maybe like Nessa, if I'm thinking of Nessa box. Trying to type it here. Yeah, I think there was a Nessa box and it had Croconaw on it, and it here it is came with like shiny star V. Clara, Clara and Avery special box. Ashless Fighters. It has Galarian, Slowpoke, and Slowbro and Slow King on it. Um, and I don't think there's a special promo at all in, in here. Um, yeah, there's no. From what I can tell, there's no special. Like on, you can see the cover. Oh, I don't yeah, see any see special. What you're pro- talk about now that one. Yep, I loved it because I'm a big fan of Slowpoke. And, but the reason why I didn't buy it was because there wasn't a special promo. So yeah, this is like, was like 2021, late 2020, um, early 2021, if if my memory is correct. So that's why I don't think this is a norm. I think they're doing it because they're just trying to have a special product. Yeah. And now that, yeah, I see that one. And then, yeah, there was a Nessa box that was with shiny star v like yeah that was the same way too so yeah probably just not a super special product but definitely special nonetheless but yeah i guarantee you there's going to be another special like they have at least one top item every single year it seems like this year they had two or in 2022 they had at least two they had the precious collector's box and they had the charizard upc obviously the Charizard upc was printed to oblivion so it was cheap but it still was supposed to be a very, very premier item like I mean, people are still, can I get a special Charizard UPC? <laughs> yeah. You know, and like some people are bragging like, oh, I could find it for 70 bucks. or you know, something like, you know, $90 shipped. Well below what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're still going to release it. I think they make, they saw the success of the Charizard UPC and I think they're going to keep on running with that. Yeah. I would think though that this Pokemon 151 set will get a special box like the Eevee Hero set did. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about those products and our main topic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, definitely interesting stuff. But do uh, you have anything else left on the news or did that pretty I much think that's, cover I think that's you? it for right now, yeah. Yeah. All but, right, guys. So let's a uh, little lengthy talk there, but uh, we're we're just here we having fun tangents. with it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, main topic is kind of market talk once again. Um, how about those sealed prices and uh, everybody freaking out about them? Stonks, bro. Stonks. <laughs> if you can't tell by our tone, we think it is a little. Uh, Overstretched, to say the least. Just a bit. 
Yeah. And but, uh, yeah. I was just about to say, um, I think I mentioned this a little bit last episode, but Evolving Skies reminds me of a very similar titled set called Roaring Skies that had this very same setting in a lot of ways. Now, Roaring Skies obviously wasn't as amazing as Evolving Skies were in terms of the alt arts and all that. But it, the way it's performing in the market is very similar. Um, you know, Roaring Skies hit like three, 400 bucks. And they did one final reprint of the booster boxes, nosediving the set. And now, the reason why they did that was because, one, Pokemon, you know, based on kind of how it is in the Japanese culture, they see themselves as responsible in some way or, you know, obligated to have these these profits. Now, I'm not saying they were trying to get, obviously, their money on these profits, but they didn't like how this secondary market was reacting to some to a set that was still in play. And guess what? Evolving Skies is a set still in play and will be throughout this rotation, throughout this year. Um, so, there we still got, what, eight months until Worlds? And now, you have the packs going up, too. You have the you have the booster boxes going up. The Umbreon, which is a, a playable card, is also going up. It just makes sense for them to do another mass print run of not just Evolving Skies, but several other sets, such as Brilliant Stars and even Chilling Rain to an extent. I could see them before they actually release the Scarlet EX in March, or the, the first Scarlet and Violet set. They can have one massive print run I could see. I just can't imagine. Now, some people are like, well, it'll be booster boxes. And honestly, I think it will include booster boxes. I do. But now, you know, there's no confirmation of this. It's pure speculation, just based on, in some ways, on historical factors within the market. But I do believe it's, there's enough of a chance that if you're trying to buy a booster box now to keep sealed, you're going to be making a mistake, in my opinion. I think right now, it's, it's, the ship has already sailed um, because this set with how much is in print, how much people are keeping sealed, isn't going to hit a thousand dollars in five years. It just isn't. It's not going to go the same way as evolutions. People keep on talking about evolutions. Well, it hit 1300. It's like, well, why did it hit 1300? It's because there was a secondary hype, the biggest hype that we've ever seen in Pokemon. And what are evolutions going for? Like seven, 800 a box right now. And that was only after this net unprecedented wave in the hobby came in. Yeah. Like there's a lot of factors people are considering. They're just looking at pure numerical factors, and there's a problem. Numbers without context are meaningless. For sure, yeah. There's just such a high chance of it being reprinted. And one point that I mentioned that I do want to make, like I do think these products are going to go up. Like people mm-hmm. will always enjoy opening them um, for years to come. But it's like. Essentially, the message I want to relay is that it might be a good idea picking up some of these products, you know, that are high above the others, like obviously Evolving Skies, EV Heroes, even more so, um, special products for those sets, even more so than that, which we'll talk about here soon. But uh, the sets that really are above the others, like the problem is... It's the timing, especially like right now. I think people are really buying into the hype. And uh, when a reprint comes, 
yeah, that they might not even print enough to make a dent in the demand, but yeah, it's just so risky. And of course, you know, we might be wrong. They might not do a reprint, but they essentially released a statement saying that they are working on it. So I don't know what else that would mean. Um, but yeah, we're just in a weird spot. There's just so much better things to put your money in that are more consistent. Like I said, they might not make as much money as like a well-planned Evolving Skies booster box or EV Heroes, but they're more safe. Like they're not getting reprinted. Like it's like a guarantee for those things where, yeah, you might make it out better with some of your modern short-term plays, but the it's such a gray area that it's just hard to explain to people like that unless they've been in the hobby like pre-hype. Like we've seen this before and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just hard to explain to someone who hasn't seen it. And 90% of these people doing it are new collectors and like, it's just kind of scary because everybody is hoarding boxes. <laughs> it's just wild. And so I'm looking at it right now. Evolutions, there's some as low as 550. Um, that one looks kind of like a little, a little eh, so that's probably why. But then, you know, six, seven hundred, we'll say seven hundred on, like, it's probably a little higher than what it is, but we'll just say seven hundred is kind of the going rate. And keep in mind, not only was Evolutions at the time the most printed set of all time, but it was able to still maintain that price even after it was mass opened so you're looking at how much of a burn rate had to occur in evolutions for these boxes to go from what was it 90 bucks in like 2019 to 700 dollars now in four years the burn rate was ridiculous now evolving skies there it has a lot of people are opening it but you have more people are keeping it sealed than ever and opening it so what's going to require Evolving Skies to hit that same tier essentially is similar factors that Evolutions experience. Essentially a hype, an unprecedented hype to make a burn rate. Because if you look at other items, given it's a ETB, but Hidden Fates is the first one that comes to mind with its 150 approximately going rate for an ETB. Now that's it's interesting because they hit like what, 300 of a box back during the pandemic? And then they did one last reprint in uh, early 2021, causing the price to basically settle where it at is now. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> I hope it does, because I'm pretty much describing what's probably going to happen. You know, we can't say definitively what's probably going to happen to Evolving Skies. Yeah, look, I'm looking at one Hidden Fate TTB sold from 125 with tax 150, you know, 160 best offer. I mean... It's pretty stable, and Hidden Fates at the time was considered one of the best modern sets of all time, and it still is a great set. I love Hidden Fates. Yeah, even people new to the hobby, just ask yourself, like, if you came in during the hype, like, just think about Hidden Fates and how much people were looking and just dying to find Hidden Fates and paying up, and now, like, there's newer, better things, and, uh... I'm sure there's going to be newer, better things like Pokemon kind of has to keep the train going. 
So what's next, you know? And if you look back at history, like not every set can be great. As more sets are released, the pool of sets is even greater. And if this shows you what they're going to do in the future with Scarlet and Violet, like they're going to keep the same formula. They're going to have art rares and special art rares. So down the road, when we have 20 sets of art rares and special art rares, like that is going to be the new floor of the playing field. And there's only going to be a couple sets that really stick out at that point. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like Evolving Skies. Why is that so expensive? Because it had the evolutions, and people love evolutions. It had alt art evolutions. People love the artwork, and it just took off. There's still, what, five to ten other sets there with that same formula that don't get as much love. And then now that we're moving into the character rare special art, and that is the new thing. Yeah, it does seem like you're getting a new like a good value there because they kind of changed the formula, but every set with that formula in the long run isn't going to be the same like that's just going to be the new way of doing things and that's just how it's going to be. It's like I said, it's hard to explain unless like you get it and you've seen it, but yeah, every time they change something up like you got to give it time to become the norm. And then from that list of norms, you can pick out, kind of see what the winners are. Right now, people are just assuming everything's a winner. Not everything's going to be a winner. And you don't really even know who they're competing with until you see what's coming out in the future. Like, this is relatively new. So, we'll see. Just Just watch over the next few months, like... When Crown Zenith goes out of print and it's noticeably a better set than some of these other ones like Arceus, like people are loving Arceus and Lost Origin, but now we have sets like Crown Zenith where you feel like you're getting a lot more because you are technically, because we're not used to that, but I'm just saying what happens when we're used to it, you know? Well, and here's another... um item as well. I don't know if we mentioned this last episode. It's Ultra Shiny GX. That's around $400 a box. It's already gone up a little bit and it's kind of been stable now in the last year or so. Kind of incrementally going up at a healthy margin, I might add. And Ultra Shiny GX is obviously the uh, set that would become Hidden Face. So it's fun to open. It's gorgeous when you have the Japanese quality that come with these cards. And now compare that to something like Eevee Heroes. Um, now, Eevee Heroes was the same way. Now, it wasn't the special set like the Ultra Shiny GX was, but it was a fun to open. It was a fan favorite set. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because that box came, what was it, late 2018? Is that when Ultra Shiny GX? Uh, I'd have to look that up. Um, Sounds but, about right, but I have no idea. <laughs> I, I would... It's. I think that's right. We can. I'll hear in a second. I'll. I'll ch- check to make sure. But keep in mind, it's four hundred dollars, and that was after the interest, and again after the hype. That's where we're at now. Eevee Heroes in Japan, twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think it was November of twenty eighteen is when it came out in Japan. So you have a going on five year old box that's four hundred dollars that had that hype that we mentioned. Now. 
this set, a lot of people at the time considered that one of the best sets of its era. Now, Ether would probably say maybe um, Tag Team GX, you know, um, why am I thinking of the set that became Cosmic Eclipse? Anyways, those equivalent sets are also have gone up in price. Um, but ultimately, they still haven't gone up a crazy amount. And it's been, what, five years? Like, unprecedented heights. Uh, Tag Team GX, All-Stars, $300 a box. 400 over here, 300 a box. You know, these are some of the premier sets of the Sun and Moon era. And it's been five years, and it's still only at this point. And yes, that was a special set. Now let's look at EV Heroes, and it's what is it? Two hundred dollars per two thirty, two two seventy. I mean, yeah. the 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 thing is, is you're going to see more growth with these sets with the Japanese sets than you're probably going to be seeing with the English sets. More natural growth, because until recently, when the Japanese printed it, they usually got it right the first time with how much they had to print. Now. The Eevee Heroes, I think, was the first Japanese set where they really printed a ridiculous amount. And it was the first one they ever had to reprint, to my knowledge. Yeah, it's, but, uh, it's definitely interesting when you consider all those sets. I mean, with a lot of them, it just comes down to, like, what's the next big thing? And once there's the next big, bigger thing, they just kind of they dwindle especially the normal sets. And then, yeah, those special sets, a little more resili resilient or safer bets. But, uh, yeah, my, my argument is for, you know, go after the special products. Like, that is where the collectability comes. Like, if you're collecting booster boxes and stuff like that, that is just such a mass-produced item. Yeah, they might go up a little bit, but if there's a special product... Like the EV Hero Special Box, for instance, as we mentioned many times, it's a such a no-brainer. Like the box is so cool, has a unique promo only in that box. Stuff like celebrations, even though that was printed to the ground, you know, the UPC there had the metal cards, and they're just very likely not going to reprint that with the metal cards and everything. Those those are kind of winners. And, of course, you can even look at the Charizard UPC. Yeah, we've seen it tank because of the quantity they made. But if you're talking long-term, if you're wanting to buy products that feature packs from, you know, a wide span of sets, like the Charizard UPC is a pretty decent deal for the packs you get in it. You get, like, three Evolving Skies packs in there. But... It'll be interesting to see if they do all these reprints, if that'll go down even farther. But, you know, it's it's definitely not as good as some other products, and so many people are hoarding that as well. But, uh, yeah, just if there's a unique special product, especially on the Japan side with their promos, I mean, those are more the no-brainers. And if you've been in the game a while, like that's why I think the experience is just so much better i think just i guess people are just gonna have to experience it at the end of the day but when that upc came out when that ev hero special box came out like you know you just know like ooh, that's this year's product that you need to buy just after seeing all these other products and yeah i like all the 
new sets. I think they're awesome. I want to buy them and open them, but I just refrain myself from doing that. It's like, you know, don't let the emotions get to you. And I pretty much have no emotion to want to open things now. So that's nice. But a lot of people are driven by that and it hurts them. So you just really got to recognize your strength and weaknesses, but just kind of go with it. You know, at the, when this podcast is over, you're probably going to go watch a stonk video by evolving skies right now video and you'll forget and you'll hit that buy button on eBay before you end that video. So (laughs) you don't have to listen to us. (laughs) Yeah. No. So the, I want to say the tag team GX did become the was one of the sets that became the cosmic clip. So basically, I pointed to probably the top two sets from the Sun and Moon era and look at what their prices are after five years. And obviously, EV Heroes is probably following that same path and might go a little higher because there's it's a great set. It's great fun to open. But keep in mind, if you look at the English product from the same era, it's not quite the same, the same level of growth. So, is there will you lose money again? Probably not, as long as you buy at at a good time. The problem is, is the amount of risk involved with it, and the amount of time you have your money tied up. Whereas, a lot because a lot of these people, like if you read what a lot of people thought process on when they're going to sell, it's five to ten years, five to ten years, maybe seven to ten years, seven to ten years. The problem is with that slow trickle of product, it's going to prevent it from having massive growth once the hype dies down. Because I guarantee you what you're seeing is in part FOMO. All these YouTubers talking about EV Hero stonks or uh, Evolving Sky stonks, 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 stonks. And <laughs> at a certain point, it just becomes an echo chamber. If you go onto any various subreddit with Evolving Pokemon, it is a verifiable echo chamber. If you, cre- if you mention something that detracts from, oh, Look at my collection, and it's all seal product, including some random Pokemon tens and like building battle decks. Okay, literally, they bought every- it. Looks like a Walmart shelf is what it looks like. <laughs> and when you get to that point, and you're just buying everything sealed without thinking about, oh, maybe this is good, but it's sealed. It must go up. Just because it's sealed doesn't mean it's going to go up. If you're going to buy English sealed, be smart about it. Don't buy at its all-time high, like with Evolving Skies, three hundred bucks. Don't buy. A bunch of stuff you see on Walmart shelves. Be smart about it when you do. Like I saw somebody on, uh, it was a Facebook card group where he was bragging about, you know, he has $100 in per box for Evolving Skies. Great. Sell now. But if even if you don't, you still aren't operating at a loss. You could still double to triple your money if, depending on, you know, even with taxes, how you're going to sell. See, being at that at low actually could create a bunch of money. But we've seen. 20, you know, it was like, for example, hit a face ETB. We've seen how three years or whatever have passed, and it's pretty stable, okay? So that is a lot of time where you can't churn your money, churn your money, keep on turning it, flipping it, flipping it, flipping it, flipping it. You just got to sit on it. Now, if you have the income to be able to afford buying two cases of Evolving Skies and continue taking part in the hobby, that's great. That's absolutely great, and you, obviously you your level of risk is pretty low because you can financially take that risk. But if you're somebody else that's making a solid wage, but it, it can't exactly – it's risky putting a $500 to $1,000 a set and you're making these decisions, then I think you really need to reconsider where what your goals are and what you're trying to do within the hobby 
because the level of risk you're taking following everybody else can actually be detrimental for somebody like you, one of the little guys. Because mm-hmm. as we mentioned the last episode with Rudy, he can afford making a bunch of money on sealed products. When you got 10,000 boxes and can make a million dollars on one set, I mean, obviously sealed is a great way to go. But when you're literally buying a case and you're buying at like 150 a box, your profit margins, you're going to have to wait longer. Yeah, that's another problem. People see this successful stuff in people like Rudy and like, got to understand it's a business for him. He's like set up to sell stuff and he does sell stuff. Like he sells a certain portion immediately at release to kind of make up the difference. But his margins, you know, maybe he makes $10 per box, but the volume is where it's at. Like people, I've seen people make the argument, like, which I guess technically we've even said before, like, do you put a thousand dollars in a thousand dollar card that can go up to like 1200 and you make 200 bucks in a year? Or do you put a thousand dollars in like a $2 character rare that could double and go to $4 and like double your money. Like it's super easy for that $2 card to double than for the thousand dollar card to double. And yeah, that is a good way of looking at it in a way, but the volume is what matters. Like, I don't know. It's just something you got to experience once again. Like, yeah, if you can buy the sheer volume of the booster boxes, and make $200 per box, then shoot, go for it. But just be aware of the reprint risk and all the risk, specifically at this time period right now, um, and know what you're getting into. But it's just kind of sad to me, like just seeing the new collectors, and they're not even showing off like their cards. They're showing off their Walmart store shelf clones like you said it's like and then they got people bragging about it in the comments like yeah i saw this one guy he had like i have one i have one of every etb from this year and he was talking about like you know last year's post and like that was his collection and you know i don't want to put anybody down but it's just sad to see like that becoming the focus and not like actual cards, like the actual end product that is thriving this hobby or that started this hobby in the first place. You know, people want to show off their overproduced corporate box, like cardboard. It's just weird. And at the end of the day, like that's all we're doing. We're just showing off cardboard, but it's for the sentimental value there. And it's just kind of, I don't know, kind of shallow with like the product that you find on the shelf when there's all these other options out there. Like you can buy so many cool cards and a lot of people are holding themselves back because they want to keep their product sealed. They don't want to sell. And if they did sell, they could buy an actual like, single card that they really like and they'll keep in the collection for a long time, but they don't want to because everybody they're watching on YouTube or in their subreddit is like a little echo chamber. Like you said, just telling them to hold on, hold on, hold on. 
And then a lot of those people, when the reprint comes, they're going to sell because, well, might as well make money now before it gets too low. And then they'll sell early. And yeah, it's just way too much risk. But it's sad to see like that part of the hobby now because that's all people really care about. And everybody is holding on to something sealed. And. I'm looking at the EV Heroes gym box. We talked it up before, and we also mentioned how we sold it. Um, I did so because, in part, to fund the Orkana set, but we also did so because of, obviously, the KC Con sealed aspect scared us away. Um, but we also mentioned mm-hmm. even when we were selling it, it's still a great sealed product to have. These are one of the items that, if you're going to buy sealed, this was one of the ones you should have bought. So it's $900 a box right now. And that's like a pretty solid going rate for it. So we bought it at the low, like 450 or something like that. So in like 18 months, it's doubled, doubled in 18 months. And this set isn't being, this thing was not being reprinted. They reprinted the the uh, EV Heroes uh, booster boxes. They didn't re- reprint this one. Now you can kind of say the same things with the celebrations. Now the celebrations UPC was a little bit slower, but that one is going to be one of the better sealed ones for this era i mean it's 350 or so they hit like 200 um probably gonna be pretty stable but i sold one to my buddy like this summer for 200 something and yeah yeah they're already creeping up more like they're actively going up as we speak like if you were gonna buy sealed that's what you should have bought not your building battle decks not your tens (laughs) you know like if you were like and even the booster boxes like those are more risky You'd be better off to, to buy the Japanese booster boxes and maybe having a little bit, maybe just one or two sets, because it's going to take so long for it. Whereas, now let's just kind of look, for example, compared, you mentioned before, like $1,000 for ETBs or $1,000 for a special card. Um, so now let's look at a certain character, right? Let's look at the Gengar character rare. If you bought in early December, it would have been about an average of $3 near mint. That set is already, that card is about $5 near mint. Now, what's the chances of them reprint, having a huge reprint for Lost Origin? I don't think it's very big. They might have a small one, but the demand for, isn't there necessarily for, for Lost Origin like it is some of the, the other sets. So you're looking at something that could easily be 10 bucks in price within the next year or two. So if you bought it three bucks, you're chipping your money within a couple of years. If you would have bought a hundred copies of that, just do the math. Even with taxes, you could have made more money than just sitting on steel product. I was saying this on a subreddit before, which I got downvoted for, but I actually got some PMs from interested people that actually were curious about what I was talking about. And I mentioned character rare specifically and Gengar being one of those people because the Pokemon matters when you're looking at which ones to potentially buy. Obviously, the art matters as well. But that's one of the core factors when determining something to does it have good fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those cards. The other one was Starmie V with Misty. The other one was Vaporeon V with Gary. Those are ones, I mean, still, right now, Starmie V is 50 bucks near mint from actual Radiance. 50 bucks. That's a little bit of a waifu, but I mean, that is one that if you would have bought at its all time low, it's like 30 bucks. 34 bucks back in the fall, it's already starting to push 40, 45. 
and the interest isn't quite there. But that's one of the cards people, when they're going to look back, they're going to want that card. Yeah, those those cards like that are way easier to double than the boxes. Like, and it's less risk. If there was no reprints at all, like guaranteed, like yeah, of course it it'd be even slower still than the single cards. But yeah, with all the risk factors, it it's just too many negatives to fight against. But uh, yeah, and like you mentioned, we didn't even talk about the sealed aspect of um kc con last year when it kind of confirmed our i won't say expectations but it it essentially kind of scared us and sealed and i had some jungle fossil packs i've had some base set packs i pretty much sold everything that i have sealed because there were sealed EV Heroes booster boxes coming straight from Japan to people who bought them in the U.S. and sourced them straight from Japan that were fake or weighed. Like, they were opening booster boxes and not a single pack was a hollow hit. Like, even TCA Gaming, he got, like, a pallet or something or some shipment of them that it was like a large portion of his cases were tampered with or fake altogether. So... It's always been around, but you almost didn't hear of this at all outside of, like, first edition base set. Like, people tried to fake first edition boxes, obviously. But it's just really, really has ramped up a lot after 2020, and especially with EV Heroes and all that. There's just a lot more people trying to fake stuff, even modern stuff, because before... The modern product, it was hot for a month, and then the all-time low was like three months later, and then the cards kind of stayed cheap. But now, with all this craze happening, like it's worth it to these criminals to like forge and copy these cards and try to sell them. So, well, that's a whole other conversation. Even talking about how the market has shifted in Japan, where they can make more money on a lot of these sets selling on eBay, even with fees and all. They can make more money by paying because they can legitimately have scalper prices. Whereas in Japan, they can't. They can't do that because the the supply is so plentiful, and also just because the the uh, the buying base a lot of times won't will refuse to buy it at that level. But there's been a market shift in Japan to cater to some of the Western customers that have just this hunger for Japanese product, and they're reaping the benefit, obviously. But, you know, that's that's a whole other side of the equation over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a problem, uh, especially in the future when there's so many of these available because every year, like, a certain percent is going to trickle out. There's always going to be someone selling these for a long time. But, I mean, all those fake ones are going to be out there. Like, people holding on to these, they won't know unless they open and it's going to be too late if they are faked, and they're just going to be at a loss. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just another scary thing. But uh, all in all, it's just kind of sad to see that shift in the hobby and just people being unaware of how things work. And I think the biggest indicator that I can think of is just what I said about the you know, the new formula, like when all these art rares, when that, whenever there's 20 sets with this formula out, 
like then what? Like maybe we'll still see Evolving Skies hype, but it's only going to be one or two sets. It's not going to be like everything going up like crazy. And uh, what if we, the Nest Chase card of the Hezra Ninja is also a baller set, you know? Say, because that's another level that could reach the level of Grenin- or of Umbreon in terms of desirability with like an alt art or a special illustration art. And as you're kind of saying, will that cause people to forget about Evolving Skies? Kind of how what happened with Hidden Face to an extent? You know, not quite forget, but kind of just put it on like the, the back burner? You, you have to question that. Yeah. Which is what you're doing, obviously. But it's just, it makes things to where like this is, it almost feels like a bubble in some ways. Um, and, you know, I saw people bragging also on, like, a pokey investing subreddit, you know, quote, unquote, pokey investing. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, is this a good investment? And it's like a 10 or something. And that, that's a whole other story. But essentially, I saw people saying, oh, I bought a whole case of $300 of, of uh, a box of, of Evolving Skies. And I'm like, what? <laughs> With that money... You could have bought, for example, a Mario Pikachu PS9, or you could have bought a PSA 10, one of the Poncho uh, Pikas, you know, one of the Rayquaza ones or whatever. You want not quite enough for the um, Charizard one, obviously, because that's a little more. But if you're spending that much, I would have gone for one, one of those promos. Because all those 10s with those Poncho, that's a future 5K card and a 10 easy. So... Like, right there, you know, with big neon arrows, lights. here we go, right there, right there. And I see that happening before Eevee Evolving Skies hits 500 a box. Yeah, and, so, like, to these people that are dabbing in, like, all these boxes, like, why not pick the best one and just go all out on that one? Like the Evolution box, or the, I mean, the Eevee Heroes Gym box. Yeah, why not sell like every other box you have for the last two years and just buy like a large quantity of the one that's most likely going to be better than all the rest. Cause playing out, like I said, when there's a lot of sets to choose from, like it's only going to be those one or two that really take off. So yeah, the bottom line is that people want to show off their collection. People want to make a shelf of ETBs and it's not as cool if you have the exact same ETB because people love showing this off. That's what the YouTubers do. They have a shelf behind them that shows off all their product and that's what they build for themselves. They think it's cool and it's cool in a way, but it's not cool if your entire shelf is one ETB. It's a status symbol within the yeah. social media is, is what it is. Like having like, for example, Brev, he has like first edition, base set you can see and he has a bunch of other watsy sealed cases you see that's cool that's kind of crazy but having something you can get on the shelves of walmart with a dar cry or giratina or something like that on it i know you might think it looks cool because you bought it and they they do look great like i'm going to be honest with you like the the etbs do look gorgeous i love the lot of the way the etbs look but it's not the same thing. I know people want to make it feel like it's the same thing. It's not. And ultimately, what a lot of people are banking on is that in 20 years, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years, they're hoping also this generation of kids is going to be the one that's going to be wanting to buy these sets. So to build on what you said, which of those sets are going to be most memorable for these kids? Yeah. 
because not all of us are going to be like, oh, I got to have that set now in 20 years, right? Especially if you've already bought it. If everybody's kind of has that same mentality, what does that mean for potential growth? You need new buyers. And where do those new buyers come from? The kids and people coming in in the hobby, which is ultimately the youth. So which one of those sets are those kids going to be going after and why? Obviously, the Evolving Skies makes the most sense. But then here's another thing, the pull rates from those boxes. So you're going to have to have to hope this new generation wants to keep this stuff sealed too because there's going to be no point in buying a $2,000 box if it hits that in 20 years, which I, I expect 20 years, probably $2,000 a box for Evolving Skies to be you know, just a random number. But just let's just say it's $2,000 a box, $2,000 a box, whatever. So with how big the pop is for the, for the Moonbrion, and it's going to keep on getting bigger, the chances it's either you pull that or bust. Most people aren't going to open it. And if you've ever bought this, like you can tell with, with these sets specifically that don't have the character rares, I think that's why they went to character rares so fast is because the alt art formula didn't really work by itself. Like when no. you open a set like Evolving Skies, it's you know it's Evolving Cries for sure. You absolutely feel like you're not getting anything unless you get a big mm -hmm. hit. And the amount of people chasing and opening, like, and how many they printed and have reprinted, like, there's so many, a ridiculous amount of all the non-chase cards that nothing is worth anything unless you get one of the alt arts, which are so hard to pull. So they almost had to add in the character rares to make it feel like, you know, you're getting stuff, but... Yeah, just opening a random Evolving Skies pack is not going to be fun. And people get that mentality by watching all these older box openings. But, like, if you buy an old Watsy pack, you have a one in three chance of getting a hollow. And the hollow is the top hit of that set. So, a one in three chance of getting a top tier rarity, where it's like one in a thousand for the alt art. Like, yep. people's expectations are just skewed like you think oh i'm gonna buy this booster box it's gonna have an alt art very well and very probable it's not the case i was gonna say like if you're looking at i know we mentioned this but just kind of steal it home but if you're talking about be willing to drop two thousand dollars on a set you're better off to go with one of the premier promos in the hobby from the xy or even early sun and moon era and honestly it's a safer bet quote unquote investment than going after seal product and for me not only would i rather have that if you're looking at it from a pure financial standpoint they're just better looking cards than most of the cards that you're going to pull from any of these sets yes even the moonbrion i love the moonbrion but let's face it the mario pikachu is better than the moonbrion but that is a fact well it's my opinion but i'm saying it's a fact <laughs> well yeah and those cards but, i mean if you just look at the price history they've resisted the downtrend a lot of them and they just keep up. on going up during recession. Yeah. And I think it's partly like, because people are getting smarter and discovering these cards, but yeah, they're also like, they're definitely not going to reprint those like nope. promos <laughs> and those were before the hype. So just think about mm -hmm. that. You know, you're looking at for modern, you're looking at anything before 2018, honestly, that's what you're looking at. If you bought sealed stuff before that era, you're probably, you're probably doing pretty good. Um, Anything after, there's just too much risk. 
and I wouldn't even touch it. Like, if you had $2,000, I'd buy this Mario Pikachu, or I'd buy a PSA 10 Poncho Pikachu, because the fundamentals are there. You got a Pikachu, you got one of the most favorite Pokemon in the hobby. It's got great art. You also It's also wearing a Renette Rayquaza in that case, or a Magikarp, or a Charizard. You got that combination right there of all these factors working for it. It literally checks every single box in terms of everything to, to judge if it's going to be a good one to oh, quote unquote invest it's got the scarcity working for it i mean whereas with the booster boxes it's question mark after question mark after question mark and for me that's just too many variables just too many variables for me want to continue going that further like what i do is i'll open if i'm opening a box of english like for example brilliant stars etb i opened it and i actually Put e- ETBs in a, in a plastic box or a plastic case, but they're already opened. Because to me, that's all I care about is having that box to display because it's cool. I don't need it to be sealed. Yeah. Yep, it's a uh, it's wild. Ultimately, people are just gonna have to learn, and uh, yeah, kind of go from there. But yeah. Anyway, I think we should pretty much wrap it up there and maybe even skip the question if we want to talk about our PSA results. Uh, well, which question did you have? Maybe we can make that quick real fast. It's up to you, though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, let's go ahead uh, and cut it because it wasn't like okay totally like relatable there. But I didn't have a good question this round, uh, so <laughs> I think we're just going to go with his, but that's fine. So yeah, we sent off a PSA order for the December special, and this was pretty much close to the end of it. Um, and I just got an email while we were recording this that our well, I actually got an email from one of the employees personally because I received an upcharge. Mm. So he was just asking, "Hey, is this good?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "We're processing it." As soon as possible. So I imagine tomorrow we're probably going to get charged and our cards sent back to us. But, uh, yeah, do you want to know your results? Yeah, I guess we're going to see my live reaction on there. So, yeah, these are all $15 fees, and the upcharge was on, uh, I guess I'll just say what card I sent. So I only sent one card this time because I did uh, send out quite a bit on the October special. But I sent the special delivery Bidoof out that I picked up at Kansas City Collecticon. And when I bought that, I can't even remember now. I have to go look at the video. I think I bought it for 100 something. I think it was 200 flat. Yeah, and they were going for like 250 online. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like 200 flat, I think. Yeah, we, uh, during the time of Collecticon, that Bidoof was starting to move up because people saw how abundant the Charizard was. The Charizard was still coming down and people were realizing like Bidoof was the most rare and that card started to move. So people were selling that. There was two copies there, like right at 200 bucks. And looking at that, the market had moved already and they were going for 250. So I actually went back and tried to look for that second copy but of course he sold it someone else must realize that it was priced too cheap but I actually got a PSA 10 on that thing oh wow look at that so got upcharged to the $30 tier I think in a 10 that goes for like 
700, 750, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were like torn in between, too, as well. Like, do I buy it? Do you buy it? So, yeah, that, that got a 10, so I'll be selling that. And I think the nines go for three fifty still. So that card is holding like mm-hmm. out of the That's special. That's another card you should go after over steel products. Yeah, it's a unique promo, not never printed in Japan or anything. And yeah, those cards are in my personal collection. I I have a nine Pikachu, I have a nine Charizard, and I have an empty spot where this card was gonna go, but I'm actually going to sell this and probably buy a nine in the next week or two. I've already saved the search on my eBay and trying to, I'll try to snag one for an auction. Cause that's one where there's still enough available. Like there's two auctions right now, which that's not a lot, but they're still out there. I could buy one right now for three fifty, but I think you can get it a little cheaper. Like two seventy five, two eighty seems to be what the auctions are ending at. So maybe I'll throw out a couple offers, but yeah, let's take a look at your cards. You sent in 12 cards. 12? I forgot that it was, I thought you sent more than one. So it was 12 times 15, which is like what, 180, something like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and then the shipping was like 35 though. That that was coming back shipping. Plus we sent okay. it there pretty quick because I think we, think we paid for insurance or something too. Yeah. So it was like almost 30-something both ways for shipping. Jesus. But, yeah, let's see here. First up, I guess I'll just go down the list. We have Glaceon GX from Hidden Fates. That one got a 9. Ugh. Ugh. Lucario GX Hidden Fates. That one actually got an 8. Ugh. Might as well, yeah, I, I, Sylveon, I just lose money on that one. Sylveon GX, full art, that one also got an eight. Oh, my God. I pulled those from the packs directly, too. There must but have it, been it something better. that it's I missed. Better, okay, all right, we'll see. Those are the high-dollar ones, I think, that I sent in, so. Inteleon Ultra Rare, I think this is the gold one. Mm-hmm. Jim and Tim. I think it's a $50 card. <laughs> Houndoom, Full Art, Secret Rare, Battle Styles, PSA 9. And then everything else is a Jim and Tan. I don't even know what the rest of the order was. Yeah, I'm still going to name them here. So we got Umbreon VMAX, Umbreon VMAX, and Umbreon VMAX from EV Heroes, Full That's Art. That's right. All PSA 10, Japanese. Yeah. I think those are $60 a card for in a 10 or something like that. Sword and Shield, EV Heroes, Leafeon, VMAX, Full Art, PSA 10. So, yeah, all the Japanese ones essentially got 10. That's tens. not surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah, Noiver and V, Full Art. That's from Evolving Skies. Alt Art, Jim at 10. I got that from Yeti Gaming. I mean, a nine's going for seventy bucks on on the Sylveon, so that's not bad. I think the Noivern, I paid twenty bucks for that. Yeah, here's one that we were kind of on the fence for. You were going to send them all, but the uh, Charizard V Max from the Ultra Premium Collection got a Gem Mint ten. Hey, so that- I, I th- 
I thought that one was. I was like, this. The bet. The best chance is this one. Yeah, um, that's the only one so, we sent because the other two, I think I saw some marks on them or something. So V Star Universe, Simiseer, Jim and Ten, Japanese. That one I'm keeping. Yeah. That's from the V Star Universe. Yeah, those are hundred bucks for the UPC. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the whole submission there, but. So it did pretty good. Two eights, but the rest, two eights and one nine, and then the rest tens, was it? I'd have to do, yeah, I would have to do the Umbreon D-Max uh, PSA 10 EV Heroes to see what. Two, two nines, two eights, and the rest tens. So Did pretty good pointing them out or finding them. Yeah. I say that one. I mean, I definitely turned a profit on the Neuburn, but that was, as people remember, that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. the the those are like forty bucks for the uh, yeah for the Umbreon. I'll probably keep one of those because they're not that expensive. I don't know. It's going to go towards the whole idea was having it go towards funding a, a Grail. That's why I sent it in. The whole idea was essentially doubling my money. So I think I, I think yeah. I'll still ac- cool. accomplish that. Yeah, you did pretty good. All of the nines and like both the nines and both the eights were set full art cards. So maybe we're just not used to seeing those or something was sticking out that we couldn't see. Yeah, maybe. But but anyway, guys, that is our order and that's going to do it for this episode. You know, we don't want to go too long, but not sure what we'll have on the next episode. We are probably going to be going to Kansas City Collecticon. After doing all that work last week, I'm probably going to mm-hmm. just, like I said, keep the extra money. I'm going to keep the extra 300 bucks or so from this Bidoof and see what I can splurge on at Collecticon. I was going to say, I might be a, be a big baller and bring the whole set and just kind of see what offers somebody would give me in cash. And see if it's if it's a certain point. I mean, it's probably too early. Like I said, we're still a month away. I'm I just flaunt it and be like, ooh, PSA 10 Elsa. I was like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> I thought of, I was thinking that too. It's like, I thought about bringing the set last year, like, because they were like just announced. Mm-hmm. And like, it really wouldn't have been worth it because people, pretty much most people we talked to, oh, no, I haven't heard about that. Mm-hmm. And the vendors, like, there was like two vendors who have heard about it, one of them who was actually like interested. So I thought about, yeah, bringing them this year because surely there's going to be a lot more people thinking about it. Um, so, yeah, it'd be cool to, like, contribute to the hype. Like, I'll show these cards to anybody because I want people to get excited because it helps us. Yeah. Granted, we are in at a good price, so don't let us fool you. Yeah. And I'm I mean, not the whole thing mine, is... Though, so that, that should tell you something. Well, the whole thing with it is like we're kind of hoping, like we, you already mentioned with Leonhardt already showing it. You know him and probably Pokey Reb are probably going to open a bunch, right? There, That's my guess, and that's going to feed the hype right there. And then it's going to become like where you have it, and then just gonna, it's just going to go up from there. Because the art is there. It is. I can't wait to see the set. And honestly, it's just the sky is the limit. I think the Elsas are going to hit over $10,000 in a PSA 10. You think differently. I think all other cars are going to be a minimum of 5K. You think differently than that. But that's kind of where I think it's we're going to be hitting over 10K on the Elsa. 
seven eight k on the stitch around five k for the other card besides the mickey so we'll see and i could see that if it really takes off and it becomes like a secondary pokemon but i don't know they're they're definitely it's definitely going to be a thing but even the po- or the kids today like they're buying Pokemon. Pokemon is like so healthy. So will like, it's going to be hard for Lurkana. Like, are they going to drag some kids who are buying Pokemon to buy Lurkana or how's that going to work? So I think the idea is to hit an untapped market that hasn't been hit by the TCG yet, more or less. There's going to be a lot of overlap. Like a lot of people in Pokemon have already said, I want to open it. I think they will open it. I think the idea is to reach a new base. Yeah. Or maybe slightly younger than Pokemon, but yeah, I don't know. If you look at all these other card games, though, like um, what was the one that came out recently? I can't remember one of the anime card games, but Demon Slayer. Yeah, maybe. Or was it One Piece? Yeah, I think it was One Piece. Yeah, it was One Piece. So there's there's a community around One Piece. So once again, you look up the. What was it? Let me look here. Top 10 media franchises. Of course, Pokemon is the top grossing like media franchise of all time. Um, but it doesn't include everything under the Disney umbrella. Yeah, so like, I guess, yeah, the list here, Winnie the Pooh, surprisingly, is like close. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got Pokemon at the top. And then let's just name off the you know the the top 10 here so pokemon winnie the pooh okay next winnie up, the Pooh's number two yeah <laughs> for some reason which they didn't used to be so something must have happened but i can't i don't know if i believe that let's see owner walt disney company okay yeah number three mickey mouse and friends owner walt disney company Number four, Star Wars owner, Lucasfilm, who is owned by Walt Disney Company. Next up, Disney Princesses, Walt Disney Company. Then you have Man, which is like some uh, printing company. But then next up, you have Marvel Cinematic Universe, Walt Disney Studios, <laughs> Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So that's like where... The first one. That's like the first one on the list that's like super recognizable that might compete like you know harry potter and warner bros but yeah it's like insane like disney is legit bigger than pokemon if you add up everything it's just crazy that each one of these is on this list under pokemon but each one of these is its own entity under walt disney and that's what lorcana is going to be so potentials there like I don't think it's going to be bigger than Pokemon, but they're organizing events. They want to work with local game stores. This is essentially like a family-friendly, Disney-fied Magic the Gathering. Like, if you take Magic the Gathering when it was still in its glory days, you know, LGSs having tournaments and stuff like that, that's what they're trying to be. And... So whereas Pokemon is going to have the collectability and Magic always had the playability, Magic is kind of a mature game. So Mm -hmm. this is going to be the playability side of, you know, the younger crowd, 
where Pokemon, like, yeah, you can play it. Most people collect it. Like, I think they're going for the playability focus of the younger crowd because that's kind of a void. I mean, you have Pokemon, but I'm not really up on how many people actually play it. But Well, I was going to say what I've seen, again, this is anecdotal, but what I've seen is you have people that aren't really into any sort of TCG or being like, we got to play this, we got to play this, we got to play this. So it's not just tapping kids. See, the thing, the beautiful thing about Disney is it encompasses four to five generations of people that have watched it all the way back to the 1930s. So you have to wonder how many generations are going to be involved. It's going to be truly a family affair, whereas Pokemon is more like a millennial focus. I mean, it hits several generations, right? With like, with Go and stuff like that. You have older people playing it, but the older people that can share it with their kids. Like, oh, I know this is magnificent, you know? Grandparents can share it with their kids and understand, and it's going to be probably simple enough to where the grandparents can play with their kids. That's the thing. It, it, it's going to hit untapped markets that Pokemon has been able to reach thus far. And it's Disney's breadth and reach, reach overall is larger than Pokemon. Yeah, there's like a whole YouTube section like just like pokemon you think pokey tubing or pokemon youtube is big like there's just the same amount if not more for disney there's a community entirely of disney pin collectors there's you know every thousand dollars every subcategory of disney every collectible by the way they put out a crap ton of just consumerism garbage but (laughs) what hundred dollar popcorn buckets yeah like it was kind of it was kind of sad seeing the d23 videos and no offense if you're one of these people but like the grown people who are like 40 years old like oh my god i want this it's like a jacket with like a disney patch on it and it's like (laughs) Two hundred dollar jackets, like Jesus Christ. To be fair, Pokemon fa- Pokemon fans aren't much better. Like they're, the Squish pillows, or like the Gengar watches. I mean, there it's already building for this. That just the buying power isn't there like it is with Disney. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you're, it's they're very similar. Like I, I'll just say that they're very similar. Like they're the fans are huge, and it's and just wanna, something. I want to say Pokemon does cooler products though, but. I'm sure I just think that, and I'm sure that's what Disney people think. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but this is like whenever we so for, whenever we were looking at the Disney Lorcana cards, so the Cinderella mouses, there was a whole pen collection that was hitting one thousand dollars on the secondary market, and people were paying that. Now they're probably it was probably twenty bucks, fifty bucks a person, and they're making all this money. People literally have have businesses around on this shit. <laughs> like yeah, you think scalpers like, are bad, just like Pokemon. You think scalpers are bad with uh, with and Pokemon? You should see what it's like with Disney. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty bad. So, I mean, it's already there, and we'll just see. I mean, I plan on selling everything. If it hits a certain hype, I plan on selling everything besides the Elsa. If I can't get my hands on in Heather Elsa, and I'll just you know I'll probably get between twenty and thirty thousand selling the other cards. Is kind of what I'm I'm predicting, and. Just keep the Elsa and sit on it, and hopefully it'll become an early retirement option. <laughs> Honestly. I, uh, I'm i searching up D23 pins. 
And yeah, they had a lot of those like D23 Expo limited edition, pretty much anything you can think of. They had D23 limited edition. Every pin they were selling was limited edition, even though they had hundreds and hundreds of them. So yeah, it's, it's just insane. But yeah, people make a living just going to these events and reselling stuff. So kind of makes me want to go just to freaking buy up whatever and sell it. I mean, at Disney Lorcana with the Mickey Mouse, I have that and the other one stash away with my stuff, but those are already 50 bucks on auction. I mean, those are going to be a couple hundred bucks when it, it's, it hits the, uh, if it hits a certain time, I can almost guarantee you that even those pens, what, because what's whatever. That? What the, pens the Mickey Mouse Disney Lorcana pen. Oh, yeah. There's another pin that just says Lorcana that I think was staff members, and it's like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of want to get that because that's the only thing that I'm missing from, you know, the initial D23 release is like that pin. So it'd be cool just yeah. to have the entire set. Because here's the thing: like I'm excited for Lorcana, but I'm probably not gonna be buying and hoarding the booster boxes like if i buy anything else which i probably plan on it like i'll probably buy more of these promos so that's another thing people people are going to do what they're doing in pokemon now they're going to hoard this these boxes that's already people's plan in the discord and i was like like, hold hold those boxes just buy more promos there's 900 of them like just buy more promos and i can almost guarantee you they're not going to do for first edition that's everybody's theory um, we don't know officially yet, but if they want a smooth release, they don't do first edition. The last thing they that they want is people buying all the boxes, like camping out, buying up all the boxes, and then it can't get into kids' hands. That's the last thing they want. It makes sense to have a metric shit ton printed, go unlimited, and if you want to do first edition, maybe do future sets or just do special promos. That's what they should do, like truly exclusive promos. Yeah, and they but, the only other event coming up is Gen Con that they are attending, and yep. I did in see July, I think I did see one of the guys for Lorcana comment in the Discord that they can't say if there's going to be any special promos or not, but I guarantee there will be. Yeah, if there is, like, I think I'll be satisfied with having every item that was released before the real release. And then yeah. just kind of leave it at that. But I think yeah. by then th- th- those are going to be too expensive. So it just depends on what it is. But I mean, Lurkana is the type of thing that I'd actually collect and potentially play. So whereas yeah. Pokemon is just collecting, because Disney is obviously like we all grew up with Disney. Like for a lot of us, going to see the Lion King is probably one of the first memories. Honestly, yeah, it would be cool to have like a maybe a set of the first chapter, like a complete binder set and like collect sets. It'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be really fun. Like to collect something like when you're able to collect and mature to like start from the beginning and just buy everything that comes forward. Cause you know, if you get into Pokemon now, there's so much stuff that you have to buy and get caught up on. But mm-hmm. like, if you want to collect Lorcana, you have a chance to like start when it's brand new and build binders and stuff. But, and if there's like a ton of product and like 
people are really getting hype. I might buy a booster box if you can still get them for a hundred bucks and open uh, one. I think they're, well, I think they're gonna be a little more expensive than that. I think one twenty is kind of what people were thinking. One twenty for like twenty four packs. Oh yeah. I think I think that's what people are thinking. It's gonna be priced at. Yep, interesting so. stuff, but. We better wrap it up, guys. Thanks yep. for joining us. This is another long one. But... Yes, it is. Yep. We'll see you next time, y'all. Yep. Peace. <laughs>